Hello, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening, and also to explain why you might hear ads like this before, during, or even after an episode. We're a small but mighty team here at Realm, and to help fund our shows, we promote products or services that we think you'd enjoy from a variety of sponsors. If any of our ads interest you, one of the best ways to support us is by visiting the link or using the promo code in the ad. It's pretty much a win-win since you can get some great deals and we can keep making awesome shows like this one. You can also visit realm.fm partners for more information about our sponsors and how to access the different promotions. Thanks again for joining us in our corner of the universe. Listen away. Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Fear. If you enjoy the round-robin storytelling approach of our previous show, Exquisite Corpse, you're going to love our next show, Embodied, in which nine authors play off each other to craft a macabre tale of high-tech body-snatching gone curiously wrong. The afterlife should be perfect. Your lover and friends already uploaded themselves into aesthetically tweaked android bodies. And you're the last to transition. An eternity of adventures, parties, and companionship await in an everlasting body designed to your specifications. So why, when you wake up, do you see hands you don't recognize? Why do you have memories of a life you never lived? Oh my god, doesn't that sound great? Yeah. It's like Black Mirror meets Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Sit tight, friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share it with friends. You can listen ad-free by joining Realm Unlimited or Realm Plus on Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Pun Bandu. And this is Embodied, written by Fran Wilde, Max Gladstone, Sarah Gailey, Gwenda Bond, Madeline Ashby, Malka Older, Mer Lafferty, Mary Robinette Cole, and S.L. Wong, and performed by X.C. Sands. The afterlife should be perfect. Your lover and friends already uploaded themselves into aesthetically tweaked android bodies, and you're the last to transition. An eternity of adventures, parties, and companionship await in an everlasting body designed to your specifications. So why, when you wake up, do you see hands you don't recognize? 
Why do you have memories of a life you never lived? The hands that moved around the desk were not my own, even though they responded to my commands. I flicked the thumb over the trackball and selected play to watch the video one more time. The rectangular box on the monitor flared to life. The android's silver face was blank, the rubber ring around the neck a spring green color, but the tilt of the head and the chipper voice were totally my mother. 100%. Hey, Leslie, we've all made it safe and sound into the new bodies. They really are something. I mean, your sister is still having trouble accepting that a high-five doesn't make a smacking sound, but really we couldn't be happier. We can't wait to see you when you get here. Well, we can see you now, she amended. The camera then left her face and focused on a shrink-wrapped android body standing in the corner of her office. It looked identical to theirs, minus the colorful rubber rings each person had chosen to distinguish themselves. I imagine the fight my sister and father would have had over the color blue. Mom's voice came over the speaker, even as the camera still focused on the suit that was supposed to be me. Here you are, waiting for your upload. Can't wait to see you. Wait till you see what quarters we've chosen. I am telling you, taking this deal was really the best decision all around. See you soon. Love you. The camera focused on her face again, and a silver hand rose beside the head to wave at me. Then the video winked out. My entire family was already on Europa, uploaded into android bodies to help build the colony and make it fit for human habitation. Our reward for blazing the trail was to have first pick of quarters, and of course immortality, so long as the upload still worked. I looked down and felt the body I inhabited. Fleshy. Doughy. This thing was soft. Not firm and metallic like the one I was supposed to have, or even fleshly but firm like the body I had been born with. I had come from a human body, true, but this new body wasn't mine. It felt like it had when I was a kid and my hand fell asleep. Touching the numb limb with my other hand just felt like meat. I stumbled backward into a desk chair. I had to figure out where I was, who I was, and why in the hell was I in a human body instead of inside an android with my family on Europa. My lab coat was stained with the color of old blood. I really hoped it was paint. I felt around in the pocket and found an ID card. Dr. Marion Link, stationed in the inner space wing of an old lunar colony. Ride had been one of the first colonies, but now dealt more with science and experiments involving the human body and mind, while the other shinier colonies had more of an outer space study or tourism focus. I closed my eyes and thought for a moment. I still felt like me. Major Leslie Murphy of the U.S. Air Force, lover of triathlons, slasher movies, and South Carolina barbecue. But echoes reverberated around my head like the calls of old friends. I was also Dr. Marion Link, chief neurologist and member of the Ride Board of Directors, the winner of the Nobel Prize, and the first scientist to successfully upload a consciousness into an android. I also learned things about her that perhaps she didn't want me or anyone to know. She was also a compulsive liar, had manufactured scientific studies so that the results benefited corporations that funded the studies, and was cheating on her husband with another doctor she worked with. I could also access her emotions and felt all the justifications she had made 
so she could live with these decisions. A door opened and I stumbled to my feet, facing the intruder and having no idea how I was supposed to act. Did I reveal myself as another person? Someone who had no idea what was going on? Did I hide in fear and pretend to be Dr. Link in case these people were behind my hijacking? A short white man, about four and a half feet tall with thick black hair, walked in. He, too, wore a lab coat, but added a baseball cap worn backward and was walking around in socks. I thought for a second, intruding on Marion's thoughts again. He was Dr. Philip Radial. He was on her, my team, and they didn't get along well. He knew she was cheating with their colleague, and he held it over me when convenient. I felt an intense dislike well up and tried to keep my emotions separate from Marion's. He stopped when he saw me, then looked me up and down. Christ, it worked. What worked? What are you talking about? I asked, a strange voice coming out of my lips. You caught an upload. Who is this one, anyway? Military? Science? I stood straighter and opened my mouth to get my name, rank, serial number, and date of birth, and then to ask if I were a prisoner here, but nothing came out. I called me an Air Force, my mouth said, and then laughed. I wanted to widen my eyes in horror, but instead my body slouched in a comfortable way that led me to believe this woman had never had cause to worry about the locations of her room's exits. My, her, hand drifted up to touch a port on her our spine and I felt a tingly sensation I hadn't really registered before everything worked as planned she said the dwarf crossed his arms and assessed me I'll be damned I didn't think you could do it can you control the consciousness I'm pretty sure that wasn't you when I came in our head nodded I blacked out right after the upload I think the major wandered around a bit but I was able to take control when I came to Is it awake? Watching us? He leaned forward, tilting his head back to look me in the eye, to see if he could spot me lurking there. I think so. I can't get more than the name Murphy and the job, though, Marion said, pulling our mouth down in a frown. I'll see if I can concentrate to learn more. He grinned. Let's celebrate first. He dipped his hands into both front pockets and pulled out two flasks, one silver, one with a logo I recognized from a video game. He handed the video game one to Marion. I know you don't like rum, so I put a scotch in yours. For any reasonable person, if your rival handed you a drink different from their own, you should be suspicious at best and have internal clanging alarm bells at worst. I was mentally screaming, red alert, don't drink it, to Marion, but she didn't hear me. Or maybe she just didn't care. No, she really didn't hear me. She had no response, internal or external. This woman was narcissistic, too proud of herself to ever think Philip would harm her or even release the secret he held over her. She grinned and took the flask, smelling the sharp whiskey tang first, and then downing a mouthful. How did you know we should be celebrating? She asked. I can't believe you were prepared for my success. Then she took another drink. He shrugged, taking a drink from his own silver flask. I figured either you'd succeed and we could celebrate, or you'd fail and I'd have two full flasks at work. It's really win-win for me. He watched me closely. 
So, now that I've perfected the upload hijack, Marion said, sighing, I figured we could get the other volunteers to hijack a few more military personnel before they get to Europa, and... My back straightened as the body began to respond to my natural way of standing. Philip stashed his own flask away and snagged the other one from my hand. Fascinating. I knew it was a risk, but I'm still amazed you're not responding to the drug like she is. He looked me up and down again. Even though you share a body. How do you know I'm not still Marion? I asked, tilting my head. He snorted. Look at you. Marion Link hasn't stood that straight in her whole damn life. She also doesn't watch the room like you do. Nothing is a threat because nothing could touch her. I assume I'm talking to Major... Major Leslie Murphy, U.S. Air Force, serial number 992082, DOB 112588, I said, standing even straighter. Am I a prisoner of war? Yes, but not quite like you think, Philip said. I'm Philip Washington. He shook my hand. Washington? Marion thinks your last name is Radial, I said, shaking his small hand firmly. Yeah, there's a lot she doesn't know about me, he said and tugged at my hand. Come on, before she wakes up, I'm going to get you out of there. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Philip led me down a low hallway. The body I was in was so used to the lunar gravity I hadn't noticed it at first. Marion's muscles rolling with the one-sixth G's without any input from me. But the second I became aware of it, I started to stumble. I channeled my toughest drill instructors from basic training. Forward march! Move your feet, recruits. Are you Air Force or are you infants? My stride steadied, but even with Marion unconscious, I imagined I felt her annoyance drifting through the back of my mind. Her mind? Our mind? If I had made it to the colony on Europa like I was supposed to, the gravity would have been even less. But if I'd made it to Europa like I was supposed to, I'd have been in an android body capable of compensating for it. Ah, trapped in the flesh of the conniving lead scientist of Ride. Be part of a grand adventure. Live forever. Take all your loved ones. The ride PR had proclaimed, and I'd convinced my whole damn family to fall for it. Only to have my consciousness poached into the head of some scumbag researcher. 
Philip stopped to swipe his ID card, and the sliding door swished open to let us into what was very clearly a laboratory. Blank android bodies, still new and bound up in shrink wrap, filled the stacked morgue-like cubicles along one wall. We have to hurry, Major, Philip called to me, pulling up a stool to step onto so he could start tapping at various computer interfaces. He tugged at the baseball cap over his shock of black hair, clearly a nervous habit. The cocktail I gave you won't keep that little shit Marion down forever. You sit over there, he pointed distractedly. I perched on the edge of a lab stool. Dr. Radio, that, I mean Washington, I need to know what's happening. How much danger are we in here? Me, more than you, Philip said without looking away from his screen. If Marion Ling finds out I'm not who I said I was, I won't live through the night. And why should I trust you? I said it sharply, far more sharply than I normally would have. For a moment, I sat paralyzed, searching my mind, my own mind, for Marion's influence, for any sign she was waking up to take back her body. Shit. Maybe I was just angry. Of course we were angry. That, that is, I was angry. I'd have my fucking brain hijacked. Philip sat back for a moment and then turned fully to face me. I met his eyes with Marion Link's. You should trust me because I'm not Dr. Washington, he said. It's Agent. Agent Philip Washington with the Bureau of Global Security. I'd show you ID, but... He gestured at his lab coat. An undercover BGS agent, masquerading as Dr. Philip Radial, Marion's colleague. I tried to untangle what that might mean. What does Marion want with me? She didn't want you specifically. She went to grab you because you're military. She was looking for a pet tactician mind she could keep under her mental thumb so she could use you for a coup. His lip twisted and he turned back to the computer again. Once she takes over Ride and its neuroscience tech, she plans to build herself an android army. The woman is an egomaniac. But don't worry, I'm gonna get you out of her before that happens. My hand twitched. I frowned down at it, but before I could process what was happening, my fingers clutched for the nearest keyboard. Let... I froze, staring at the word, trying to speak up to warn Agent Washington, but my tongue twisted over itself and my fingers stabbed at the keyboard again. The screen was faced away from Philip. He couldn't see what she was doing. Not... She's an arrogant asshole... Philip was continuing, and I knew already I could feel it. Marion's scornful narcissism burning through the edges of my neurons, so sharp that I worried I might stand up and kill Philip because he was lying. He was a liar, but she was a liar. She hates everyone, including me, but it was easy to make her think I was bitter enough to join her in her cause. Just play the dwarfism song long and loud. How we're still disqualified for most of the space colonies, and geneticists are breeding us out despite any secondary health conditions having an easy treatment these days. And now every new assignment, they want to stick me in a damn android body because one-size access is the only practical choice for space colonization, or so they say. They'd said the same thing about cockpits once upon a time. My memories blurred and crossed. Were they even my memories? The inside of a fighter jet had screamed with speed as it banked, the world whirling below. A Nobel Prize medal, heavy in my hands, 
hungry avarice smothering the ugly knowledge of how I'd gained it. One image welled up stronger than the rest. A girl, my sister, under the crisp white sheets of a hospital bed, smiling impishly despite everything. But why wouldn't I want to be an android? My body keeps giving up on me. Fingers I couldn't feel shook against the computer keys. Not enemy. Almost there now, Philip said. Go lie down on that table. We'll get you into the shiny chrome body you're supposed to have and off to Europa before you know what's happening. Sorry about all this, and don't worry. I'll deal with Marion Link. His voice took on an ominous tone on the last words, and he climbed down off his stool to head over to a locked cabinet filled with stocks of drugs. He'll kill you. I stood so abruptly the lab stool banged against the counter. Philip turned sharply, his eyes bright with suspicion, but when he saw my arrow-straight parade rest posture instead of Marion's slouch, he relaxed. Agent Washington, I apologize, but I need to use the facilities before we start. He guffawed and looked me up and down. It wasn't a kind look. That'll be interesting. All right. Facilities are across the hall. Hurry up. I estimate we only have another 15 minutes before the great Dr. Link might start gracing us with her presence again. I managed to march my body out of the lab, into the hall, and I stumbled past the entrance to the latrines and plunged through the first door I could find that Marion's ID card would let us into. It was an empty, unremarkable office. I almost fell into the chair, my hands grabbing to find a keyboard again. I'm not your enemy, my fingers spelled out. He's a liar. Stop, I shouted at the empty room. Stop it, I can feel you. I know who you are, do you hear? You do hate everyone, and you've been cheating and stealing your way to the top for decades. I can see your thoughts. And you see them now. Rage, pain, fear, confusion, triumph, icy determination, a longing for my family and a murderous vitriol toward Philip. And which thoughts were mine and which were hers? I tried to claw my way to the surface of the emotional swamp to grab for information out of her memories like I had when I'd first woken up for the truth of her. But the current pulled me under until I choked on who I might be. File, Marion typed. What file? I said, gasping. PR. Recording. What are you talking about? The struggle choking in my head wasn't only me. Part of me tried to slip back and give her some chance to answer. But my mind and body both froze, neither of us willing to give up control of our own autonomy. Mine. My body. I thought I heard from Marion in my head, along with a good helping of disgust. When she woke up fully again, she would take her body back just the way she had when I first woke up. Squash me away, and how dare I, how dare, and she should have let me go on sniveling and unaware. Unaware of what? My eyes crept over to the computer screen. My hands moved to their own accord, logging me in, pulling up a directory tree. One of the headers read, Reawakening Recordings Pre-Cleared for PR Use. The files inside were reverse chronological, and there, right on top, a video file labeled Leslie Murphy, Successful Transference. I clicked on my own name, 
in a daze. The video popped up, its resolution stingingly sharp. It showed the same room as the recording I'd seen when I first woke, the one with my mother waving at me from her new android body. And here she was again. I could tell, the boxy silver chassis with its green ring somehow imbued with the way my mother held herself, her posture, her presence, the way she raised one hand in an absent gesture toward her heart. Next to her stood an identical body, leaning forward inquisitively, the rubber ring around its neck a cerulean blue, shouting, wake up, in my sister's voice. And beside them was my father, made of metal, one fist on his hip and the other on my mother's shoulder, his construction exactly the same but for black around his neck. And lying in front of them was a fourth body, blank metal, too new to have chosen its own identifying color yet. It listened to my sister and sat up, looked side to side, hopped up off the table and took up an imitation of parade rest. Leslie, cried my mother, and the voice emanating from her android self sounded close to tears of joy. She and my father and sister threw their arms around me, our metal selves clanking in happy reunion, and I could hear my voice, my voice saying, hello, and I love you, and isn't this weird feeling? Yes, I like it, but just some getting used to. Now show me the quarters you all picked out. Right where I was supposed to be. I hadn't been hijacked. I had been copied. My mother and father and sister were all safe and transferred and whole. And they didn't even know I was trapped here, missing, kidnapped out of my own life. Why? I whispered to the empty room. Why did you do this to me? My fingers trembled, but they either wouldn't move to type or couldn't. But I caught a smug whiff of Marion's thoughts. Didn't. Just snagged one. One. She'd taken one of me, whether to abduct me or warn me or experiment on me, but if she'd taken one, how many copies had she made? You're listening to Fear, Embodied, created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Embodied is written by Fran Wilde, Max Gladstone, Sarah Gailey, Gwenda Bond, Madeline Ashby, Malcolm Older, Mer Lafferty, Mary Robinette Cole, and S.L. Huang. Performed by XE Sands. Produced by Lydia Shama. Executive producers Molly Barton and Julian Yap. 
Audio produced an original theme by Amanda Rose Smith. Fear is produced by Mary Osadolihi and Kaylin West. Associate produced by Nicole Kreuter. Executive produced by Molly Barton, Julian Yap, and Marcy Wiseman. Hosted by Pun Bandu. Audio editing by Corey Barton. Original theme by Hashem Osadolihi, featuring drummer Andrew Niven and mixed by Max Kuttner. Cover art by Kendall Thomas. Find more shows like this on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.